0: First, when Satan Satan tempts me to despair, upward I look and see him there. You know what, it's not in you, Uh, you are not good, Uh, but he has covered all your sin, and you need to look to him. Uh, We need to continuously do that, upward I look uh, and see him there. Joshua chapter 1 this morning, Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start looking at this man, Joshua, and uh, the ministry that God gave him. That's a word of prayer, and then we'll read our text, and I'll say a few things, and then we'll get into our message this morning. But Joshua chapter 1. Father in heaven, would you bless us this morning as we look to your word. Lord, we are a needy people, but you're a great and giving God. And would you step into our lives now and help us and lift us up, and may we look into your face for these moments, Lord. And as we look into your face, Lord, may we be made more like the image of your precious Son. And help us to leave this place, having met with you and walking with you in a sweeter way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Joshua, chapter one. <clears throat> Joshua, of course, is the, uh, the, the the man who steps up to the uh, mark after Moses. And <clears throat> Moses was big shoes for any man to fill. He is considered uh, the greatest, if one of the greatest, but if not the greatest leader uh, Israel ever had. And Joshua, uh, in a critical moment in the nation's life, just when they're about to embark on a battle for the land that God is giving them, uh, is asked to step into those shoes. I'd be daunted if I was you, if I was him, wouldn't you? I'd I'd, I'd think, whoa, this this is way above me. But God's going to reassure him and strengthen him and comfort him so that he goes into the land with the promise of God ringing in his ears and he's going to learn much about God. Now, he's an old man, which comforts me. Because that means that, you know, at 85 years old, he's taking up uh, his ministry. Joshua was one of the uh, first spies to go into the land. He's 40 years old at that point. So we're looking at about 45 years later now. So he's 85 years old uh, and he's taking up uh, his main ministry of his lifetime. And, you know, we need to learn from that, that it's not over till it's over. That God can take and use us at any point and at any time in our lives. And we need to understand that because, you know, we tend to have a worldly view of these things. We tend to sometimes think, well, you know what, uh, <clears throat> I'll function till I'm age 65 and then that's retirement years. That's not what the Bible says. I really don't think God believes in retirement. I believe God thinks that you and I are supposed to serve him all the years of our life until the day that we stand before him. And he's got new things and new challenges for us all the time. God is doing something new all the time. And he wants to include you in it if you let him. But Joshua is here at the tender age of 85, and he's just about to embark on the greatest work of his life. And so God's speaking to him and helping him. All right, Joshua 1 verse 1. Uh, after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses' minister saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I give to them even to the children of Israel every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And let me just explain to you verses 3 and 4. God promised Israel much more land than they've ever had. He promised them basically from Iraq all the way down to the uh, river Nile. I mean, it was a huge swathe of land. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it, 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 it's not a continent, but it's, but it's continent size uh, in the amount of land. They've never actually taken that land. But if you notice the promise of verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall take shall be yours. What God is saying to them is, if you will take it, it will be yours. If you don't take it, it won't be yours. And there's a truth there for us, too. Do you know that God's got great things for you and I? That Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. That was only the beginning. That he's got uh, riches, glory, great things for us that he's worked out for us that are are ours with him currently today. But he says, we've got to take it. We've got to step out and take it. We've got to actually reach out and grab it. We've got to uh, make it ours. And the truth for Israel was, when they did, he did. The truth for you and I is, when we do, he does too. That when we will actually step out by faith and embrace what God has given us, we get it. And if we don't, we won't have it. So you know what? Don't ever quit. Don't ever give up. <clears throat> Listen, you are weak and frail. That's, that's a given. God doesn't need you to be any more than that. He's got the power. He's got the promises. He's able to take you there if you'll just let him. If you'll just get involved with him, right? <clears throat> okay, verse um, five. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Then he goes on to encourage him to be strong and courageous. Be strong and of a good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayst be able that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and have a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. All right, our first point is this. You need to let go of the past. Uh, Moses by this point is dead, and Moses was the man. Right? Moses was the, you know, the fire-breathing prophet, if you like. He could march in before Pharaoh and confront Pharaoh. Uh, he could pray down the plagues. Uh, he parted the Red Sea. Uh, he met God in Mount Sinai and came down with his face aglow. He fed them in the wilderness. Uh, he brought them water from the rock. Moses was an amazing character. They gave Moses a hard time. They they, they they made it difficult for him, for sure. But, you know, you, you just had to recognize, hang on a minute, this guy has something going on because everything happens around him. And the problem for uh, the nation of Israel was they got to trust in the fact, him. Hey, Moses will handle it. You know, Moses will work it out. Moses will have a way to do it. And it's, it's very easy when we see somebody doing things to come to the place where we're trusting in them. I think you and I would have too. I think we do. You see, you may have a job today, and, and you, know, you know that God gave you the job, and you know that ultimately you're dependent upon him for it, but you kind of forget, don't you? And, and, and then if you lose your job, you feel, oh, no, how am I going to feed my family? And hang on a minute, wasn't God taking care of you before? Can't God still take care of you? Uh, you know, you may be married, have a relationship, and, and, and that other person's gone somehow. And, you know, as long as you have that person, you think, well, that's okay. But then they're gone, and you think, oh, no. And they're gone. Um, you know, you, th- there are all kinds of changes that come into our lives just because we live in a broken world that we have absolutely no control over. And when those changes come into our lives, you and I tend to feel, oh, no. How are we going to manage? How are we going to work this out? How are we going to survive? Moses is dead. What will we do? Moses is dead. Who will lead us? Moses is dead. We better go back to Egypt. Who's going to feed us? Who's going to take care of us? Who's going to watch over us? Moses is dead now. He's gone. But do you see what God does uh, in verse 2? Moses, my servant, is dead. dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. What's God saying? God is saying, Moses is dead. Now, Joshua, you're up. They, they, they have a, 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 a term in football. Right? now. I've, I mean, I've read it. I don't know it, okay? Uh, but the term in football is this next man up. Right? And you stand, you sit on the, uh, on the bench to one side. And if one of the players that went out to start first uh, gets injured or so, and you're supposed to be ready because you're up next. Right, the team's not going to stop. The team's not going to go into mourning because one player is down. Uh, the team is just going to replace him, like that. Do you know that God's a bit like that? And it kind of grieves us because we think we're pretty important, don't we? We think we're very important to God's plan. We think we're very important in our homes, and and um, we are. But you know what? He's just allowing us to be part of what He's doing. Been to a couple of funerals in the last ten days, and and. Um, <clears throat> I I love the eulogies at funerals because usually in a eulogy somebody's got something to actually say that that, that helps you kind of see the person. Oftentimes it's a child, a daughter or son who's talking about mom or dad and um, they're they're talking about the impact that that they had on their lives. And, And it's so sweet because uh, you get to see the, the the real person, maybe the person that you, you know you're a little bit removed from. That you would never get to see, but you get to see uh, from the heart uh, of somebody whose life they really touched, uh, who they really are, were. And usually, the eulogy w- will have at the end of it or somewhere. And you know, how, how do we go on without this person? And you know, and and, and that's the, the you know the the part where your heart goes out to that person. How do they go on now? But, you know, the reality is we do. We go on, don't we? We move on. Now, we grieve. We hurt. But we move on. Because all of us are passing through this world. All of us are just moving through this world. And <clears throat> I read this statement this week, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to take, right? But, 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 but I'll talk you through it and help you through it. Nothing that matters has really changed. Moses, my servant, is gone now, Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Hello, Joshua. And God's plan moves right on because nothing that really matters has changed. Why? Because God is what really matters. God is the center of it all. God rules the world. God uh, is, is on the throne. He always has been and he always will be. And we need to understand that. And sometimes we can get caught up in the past, can't we? we? We can get caught up in the good old days. The good old days where everything was different. We can get caught up in the days when so-and-so was here. Or, But life's not like that. Life's moving. Life's changing. Life's going forward all the time. It, it doesn't wait. And the thing you and I have got to understand is... Nothing that matters has changed. God's still in control. He's always been in control, and he always will be in control. Moses is dead? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I I led him, Joshua. I was with Joshua. I was with uh, Moses, and, and I'll be with you in the same way, Joshua. We're going to be fine. You just follow me. We're going to be fine. John and Charles Charles Wesley were the the founders of Methodism. They became the founders of Methodism. I'm not sure they were initially the founders of Methodism, but they were were given that title uh, in the end. And for uh, 280 years, uh, the the power of their ministry was felt really all over the world. Charles wrote hymns. He wrote 9,000 hymns. And um, John was the preacher uh, who set England ablaze and set the uh, east coast of America ablaze as well with the gospel. Just a a fiery preacher, a powerful preacher, a a revival preacher. God's hand uh, was upon him. Um, There's a plaque remembering them in Westminster Abbey in London. And at the base are, are these words by Charles Wesley. God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. Do you know that there's one thing that never changes? It's not our world. It's not you and I. The one thing that never changes is God and his word. It never changes. And you and I need to understand that because we can hold on uh, to the past. We can hold on to the things that are comfortable to us and we can be in the place where we feel, the changes, I can't cope with the changes. I can't deal with them. No, it's going to change. It's going to keep on changing. That's just the, the reality of life. It's going to keep on changing. You and I are currently living in an explosion of information. Somebody has said that it's, a, it's the greatest shift in communication in 500 years. And, you know, since the printing press, there's been nothing happened like the internet and social media and all those things that are despondent and so on. And so the, we're living in a completely changed time. And it can be a little bit daunting to you and I, to keep it, get our heads around it, to try and work our way through all this. And very often for parents dealing with, with families and with children, it's kind of, you, you feel like you're way behind. They know much more than you do. It shouldn't be, we'll, we'll talk about that later on. And you can feel like you're being left behind. I, I do feel for the older generation, the generation that are gone, uh, that would be before me, many of them never embrace the internet at all. It was just foreign to them. They, could, they couldn't embrace the change. They, could, they couldn't do, do with it. And what's happened is as time goes by, uh, they've been removed from life because what can you do if you can't go on the internet? I mean, how, how do you live life? How, how do you do your banking now if you can't go on the internet? Uh, how do you do your shopping now if you can't uh, go on Amazon? Uh, you know, there are so many things that you can't. How do you stay in contact with people if you uh can't go on the internet so much has changed and you have to embrace the change it's just the reality of life you you gotta let go of the past nothing in this world is going to stay the same it's going to keep changing you're changing right uh you're not the same as you were 20 years ago we won't go into that ladies all right but we're changing all the time we we are different than we were um Everything in this world changes, and you gotta let go of the past. You gotta, you gotta come to the place where you say, "Okay, that's that, that's fine, that's okay." There's one thing that doesn't change. There's one thing that we can lock into. There's one thing that we can put our anchor in, and 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 it's nothing in this world. It's not people. It's Him and His Word. See. You've got to let go of the past. You've got to come to the place where you recognize, I can't stay in the past. See, the nation of Israel were in a strange place. Here they are, they're on the banks of the Jordan River, they're ready to go, go across, uh, they're ready to go into the land, and now Moses is dead. So, what do you do? Well, <clears throat> um, I can't go back. Going back means going back to Egypt. That's long gone. That ship has sailed. There's no way, uh, that, there may have been early days, they could have gone back to Egypt, but you know what, now everything has changed, everything is different. They've been out for 40 years, uh, there's no place for them uh, in Egypt. They can't stay here. Now, let me say this, I think for, e- for Israel, there was a, uh, by this time, a comfort in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is the wilderness, it's nowhere. The wilderness is where you wander around and around and you do the same thing over and over again and you eat manna now listen I think manna was probably the most nutritious food the planet ever saw but can you imagine eating the same thing morning, noon and night for 40 years I mean I'd be pretty sick and tired of it after the first day you probably would would too But, but, but you know what you were fed and you were fed well they had water they had tents to live in they had shoes that never wore out they were well taken care of in the wilderness. They were nowhere and they were going nowhere, but they were well taken care of. Do you ever feel like that? I'm nowhere and I'm going nowhere, but I'm taken care of. I think I'll just stay. It's easy to come to that place where you just rest in the fact that you're going nowhere, but you're, you're comfortable. And stepping out of it is fearful. And I think that's where Israel were. But they couldn't stay in the wilderness. You can't stay in the wilderness. That's not the place for you. So <clears throat> they had to go forward. Here's the reality. You can't go back. You can't stay here. You have to go forward. And you know what? You'll be going forward for the rest of your life. That's the plan. And God has so arranged things that you're kind of forced to go forward, aren't you? Because everything changes and you don't have the option of staying where you are, Uh, you get pushed. That's, that's what God does. So many of the things in your life that that, that change, they're not just accidents. They're, they're definitely products of the curse. But they're things that God uses to move us forward, to change us. And you know what? You've you, you got to let go of the past. you got to come to the place where you, you make your peace with them. Uh, <clears throat> then, you got to get ready to move forward. The, the, these people are going into the land. Now, going into the land is terrifying you know uh, the people of Jericho didn't send them a note saying look we know you're of God and we know you beat us in a fight so look we're laying down our arms and <clears throat> you just come in and take what you want they didn't do that you know what they did they, they armed up they sharpened their swords uh they got the tar or whatever it is they poured over the walls ready uh they got lots of arrows sharpened up and ready and they prepared for war They were going to fight. This was going to be a fight to the death. There was no way they were giving in. And besides that, they had walls. They had a double set of walls. There was no way Israel were getting in. And that's the first task they've got to actually undertake. They've got to go in there and take Jericho. They've got to go in there and, you know, and somehow get over those walls and get in there and take Jericho. And, you know, moving forward is scary. Moving forward is always scary. I think we'd sooner stay in the place where we are. I think we'd sooner stay in the place where, <clears throat> you know, um, it's, it's, it's easy. It's, 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 it's comfortable. It's, it's, it's familiar. Isn't that what we want? Easy, comfortable, familiar. See, you can stay where you are, but the action is somewhere else. You can stay where you are, but the miracles start at the River Jordan. You can stay where you are, but God is calling you to move forward. God wants you to move forward in your life. He doesn't want you just to quit, to give in, to stay where you are. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to come to the place where you're moving forward in your spiritual life. And that's scary, isn't it? It's scary leaving behind the things of comfort and saying, okay, this is where God wants me to go, I'm going to go. It's scary leaving those things and saying, yeah, I'm going forward. But we have to go forward. We have to move forward in life. Life's just going to keep coming at you, and life's going to keep changing, and everything around you is going to change. And you can't just kind of you know drive a stake in the ground and say here I here I stand and, and I will go no further. It's not going to happen for you. Well, I, you know, I, I I appreciate the Amish. I think it's really cute, neat way of life. Uh, something about it's very attractive, isn't it? They're the people in America, they and the, you know they they don't drive cars. They have uh, horses and buggies. They don't use machineries. They won't have a phone, at least in their home. Uh, they don't have electricity. What they did was they were <clears throat> a believing people, and at some point they established and said, anything beyond this uh, is not for us. We're going to stay at this point in culture. We're not going to change. We're, we're going to be different. And I'm sure their heart was because they wanted to hold on to the gospel and they wanted to hold on to God. But you know what? It didn't work. Because what they've got now is they've got a, a culture within a culture, but the God part of it's been lost to the man Aaron. Because here's the thing. You've got to let go of the past and you've got to live with the change and you've got to move forward. God is going to meet you in the moving forward. You can't establish a time, a place, and set that as God's going to meet you in the moving forward. God wants to relate to you and I in a now-today kind of way. Not in a yesterday way. He wants to relate to us today. And he's always doing new things that we need to move forward with him. You know, if you go through the history of revival, it's fascinating to me. One thing is fascinating to me. The history of revival is is, uh, so strange because it's always different. You know, at Pentecost, there came the sound of a rushing mighty wind and the Spirit fell on them and they all spoke in tongues. But if you look at the different... <clears throat> Revivals through history—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's different. What God is doing, I have no doubt that uh, when God brings revival for us, it's going to be different. And, folks, I think the internet's going to be part of it. I'm just convinced that you know the, <clears throat> that this communication thing that we're dealing with is going to be part of what God does as far as the, uh, as far as a massive outreach of the gospel. It's just the way things happen. God God is always doing a new thing. You see, the Bible tells us that when the veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, God created a new and a living way. What does that mean? That means God is interacting with us in a new way. It's a living way. He wants you to hear from him today. Uh, You and I want to read books about what happened yesteryear, and we want to say, okay, that's how it happens. And so we'll duplicate what happened there and it'll happen the same for us again. Too God's always doing a new thing. We need to understand that God is actually moving and changing us, creating a dependence upon him. So everything around us will change. And here's what you need to do. You need to, uh, you need to let the past go. Uh, you need to uh, embrace moving forward and then you need to affirm the promise. When God was setting Joshua up to move forward, here's what he said to him. He said, Joshua, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to help you here, Joshua. I'm going to strengthen you. First of all, Joshua, nobody's going to be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Second of all, Joshua, all the land that you thread on is going to be yours. Nobody can stop you. Why, Joshua? Because I will be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee you know that's the promise God gives us? God doesn't promise that things are always going to be the same for us. They're not. God doesn't promise that a loved one won't die. God doesn't promise that you won't get sick. God doesn't promise that you won't lose your job. God doesn't promise that some calamity is not going to fall on you. But you know what he does promise? He says, I will be with you when it does. I will be there. I will be there to take care of you. And sometimes we get it back to front and we think well, well how can this happen to me I'm a Christian and I don't want this to happen I did not want this change to come about but <clears throat> you know what the promise is not that bad stuff won't happen the promise is I will be with you the promise is I will never leave you and I forsake you the promise is I will comfort you you have a comforter far superior to any human counselor or comforter You have a comforter. The Spirit of God, He dwells within you. God says, I'll comfort you. I I will be with you. I will comfort you. And then He says, I will enable you. Everything God calls you and I to do, He enables. Everything God calls you and I to do, He's there with the power to help us, to enable us to make it happen. Everything. God's calling Joshua and He's saying to him, listen now, listen, go. Give these people the land. You're going to buy the land to them. And Joshua, by the way... The walls are not all going to fall down as soon as you look at them. The people are not going to cave in and run away. Joshua, I'll be with you. Every step of the way, I will take care of you. And he was. He was. Again and again and again. Whenever Joshua trusted God, God was there. God worked it out. Jericho. What a daft plan. Walk around the walls. But God was there. And the walls fell down, and they marched into the city. Ai did it Joshua's way. That didn't work out so well. Thirty-six men died. The Gibeonites, that didn't work out so well. But every time Joshua trusted God, God would lead and guide, and Joshua could depend upon God to do it. Do you know part of the problem that Ai was? God was expecting, or Joshua was expecting God to do it the same as he had done in Jericho. And God wants him to trust him today for today's problems. You know God wants you to walk with him and trust him today for today's problems. God, God wants, you to, he wants, you to, he wants you to rest on the promises today. He wants you to understand that he will take care of you. He will be with you, whatever happens. And that's the greatest promise of all. God says, I will be with you. You're going to face trouble. You're going to face difficulties. You're going to face changes. But I will be with you. Moses, what a man. For 40 years, their shoes never wore out. For 40 years, they never ran out of food. For 40 years, they never lost a battle. What a man. Now he's dead. And God says, don't worry, Joshua, I'll be with you. And I'll show them that I'm with you too. Because you see, Moses is going to go and Joshua is going to go in his time and all of them are going to go, but God's going to stay the same. God's going to remain the same. God's going to be the one that, that takes care of them. And he promised them, and he did it. And he so said, I want you to see the one thing that God says will never change. And it's this, him and his word. See, security and blessing come from obeying his word. Yeah, you know, when Joshua got to heaven... <clears throat> God didn't say to him, listen, will you tell us about your strategy for Jericho? That was amazing, the way you took that city. That was just incredible, Joshua. Tell us about how you took the city of Jericho. Why? Well, because it wasn't Joshua's strategy. One of the books I read this week, something I read this week, uh, was talking about Joshua and how he was a great leader and a great commander and he, he was a brilliant strategist. And, and, and I thought, that's got absolutely nothing to do with this. All of this was God showing Joshua what to do, and Joshua doing it? Here's what Joshua did. When he obeyed, he was blessed and it went well. When he decided to going to do it myself, he was always in trouble. Every every time he does it himself, God 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 God. It's like God puts his finger on the situation and says, "Well, now Joshua, you know, this is you doing you doing a home run all by yourself, uh, you know." I'm not going to bless this one. Every time Joshua did it by himself, it failed. So I think if you ask Joshua what his strategy was, he said, My strategy was abysmally poor. Every time I did it myself, we failed. See, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And every time Joshua leaned on his own understanding, it fell apart. And every time Joshua looked to God, it worked. Do you know that principle hasn't changed? Let's read the text. Uh, Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. So God is encouraging him. He says, be strong and full of courage. Joshua, I want, you, I want you to man up. I want you to be strong and full of courage. While he's going into battle, he would think, be strong and full of courage to wield the sword and shield and to fight the battle, Joshua. That's not what God's talking about here. Be strong and full of courage. Next verse. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. What's God telling Joshua to do? He's saying, Joshua, do it my way. Joshua, do it my way. Don't do it your way, Joshua. Joshua, do it my way. Joshua, you don't know nothing. I know you've been in a few battles, and I know you've, you've learned how to fight, and I, uh, and I know you can handle a sword and you can lead men, but Joshua, I want you to be very strong and courageous to do it my way. Do you know God wants you and I to do it His way, too? We live in a day and age when even Christians are thinking, rethinking doing it God's way. And they're doing it their own way. And let me tell you, it will always end in disaster. It just does. You can't do it your way. God's got a way. It's the right way. I realize culture has embraced some things that God clearly says no to. You need to say no to those things too. God wants you to do it his way. Folks, we live in a culture at a point in time and there's no way of avoiding that. That's just reality. But we need to be careful that we don't let the culture override what God says. We need to do things God's way. That's where the blessing lies. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Don't you want to prosper? Don't you want a blessed life? If anybody says no to that, I'm going to say, what is wrong with you? Of course you want a blessed life, right? Of course you want a good life. God says, listen, I I I want you to uh, be careful to obey me. And then he says, turn not to it from the right hand or to the left, The right hand, I think, would be you and I embracing things that that God hasn't told us to do. The left hand would be you and I doing things that um, God has told us not to do. And I think we can do that, can't we? We can get all super spiritual and we can create things that we're doing that make us spiritual and they're not spiritual. Or we can say, well, it doesn't matter, go our own way and do our own thing. Both are wrong. God says, don't turn to the right hand, don't turn to the left hand. I want you to follow me straight down the line. I want you to take what my word says and do it, live it. I want you to follow me. And you know, you and I have the blessing of the Spirit of God to help us so that when we obey the Spirit of God, we're following God right down the line. It's possible for you and I. I don't think it was possible for the Old Testament Jew. I think, try as he might, he would fail. But you know, when you and I let the Spirit of God lead and we embrace the Word of God and let the Spirit of God. We can live, li- live lives like nobody else can. <clears throat> we can live lives that, that, are, that are above the norm. We can live lives where we experience blessings that are really not ours. See, the nation of Israel are going to follow Joshua. He's going to obey the Lord. They're going to march into the land. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to take everything in front of them. Nobody's going to be able to stand against them. They're going to take everything in front of them. They're going to enjoy houses they never built. They're going to enjoy vineyards they never planted. They're going to enjoy olive trees that they never planted. They're just going to be sitting outside their homes saying, how do we get all this? Look look what God did. Well, we didn't do this. God did this. Now, why do they do all that? Because they didn't do it their way. They did it God's way because they didn't go to the right hand or the left hand they did it God's way they, they, they lived God's way and God blessed now don't get me wrong it doesn't mean there's not going to be trouble in your life God's going to bring trouble you, you and I need trouble God's going to bring trouble into our lives it doesn't mean there's not going to be trouble but it does mean you're going to prosper you're going to be blessed you're, you're, you're going to live a life like nobody else can live because you, you're following the word because you're doing things God's way because you've set your heart on him and on living for him and obeying him. Just like Israel, you're going to look around your life someday and you're going to say, how did this all happen? Well, you know how it happened? Not because you're cleverer than the rest, not because you're a cut of both, but because you followed him. You didn't turn to the right hand, you didn't turn to the left hand, you followed him. Be very careful uh, in your life. We have many voices coming at us, don't we? We have more voices than, than, than any other generation has had. This is what counts. you got to take this word and you got to follow it. Don't turn to the right hand. Don't turn to the left hand. Just do what God would have you do. If, it's, if you're supposed to be doing it, it's going to be found in this book. You don't have to do stuff that's not found in this book. But if it's found in this book, you have to do it. Because that's just the way it is. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. You need to follow it. <clears throat> For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. What's he saying to him? Joshua? Listen, you don't have to be afraid. But, 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 look at Jericho. But, 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 but these, these people, they never wanted to follow Moses anyway. But, but, These Canaanites are not, not, you know, throwing away their swords and running away. God says, Joshua, you don't have to be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid, Joshua. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. He He says, Joshua, I will be with you. I will be with you, Joshua. I will take care of you. Joshua, I will be what you need when you need it. You'll be fine. I am going to take care of you, Joshua. I am going to lead you through this, and it's going to work out just fine. Jesus, God says the same thing to you and I. We live in the midst of unprecedented changes. We live in the midst of a day when the world seems to have lost the plot completely. We live in a day when it looks like. Where is God? You hear people asking that question often. You you know where God is? He's on the throne. He's ruling in his world. He hasn't lost control of it for a moment. He's working his plan. And in uh, that day, we're going to see him establish his rule upon this earth. And it's all going to be changed. And it's all going to be turned around. And we're going to go, ah! So that's what he was doing. He was putting it all together. Even today, he's putting it all together. Looks scary, looks imp- He's putting it all together. You, you know what he says to you and I, though? He says, okay, I know, I know it looks bad. I, I know things look like they're out of control. I know everything's changing and everything's different. He, said, he says, it's okay, I'll be with you. I will be with you wherever you go. I will take care of you. You will be okay. I am on it. I have your back. I am with you. Listen, God has you. And what does he say to you? He says, don't do it your way. Do it my way. Don't do it your way. Do it my way. And I will give you great success and I will prosper you. I will bless you. And you like in Israel will one day come to the place where you look at your life and you say, "What? how did this happen? But that was the first generation for Israel, wasn't it? The generations after that didn't pay attention. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. They, they disobeyed. They worshipped idols. And what did God do? It took a long time. Because God's merciful and God's kind. God eventually moved them out of the land completely. He, he put them out of it just the way he put the Canaanites out of the land. He took them, took them out of that because, you know what? Because God is in control of everything, all the time. So here's, here's where this leaves us, right? <clears throat> okay, see, so you, you want to be prosperous and have good success. You want a good life, okay? God says, if you obey me, I will enable you. I will show you what to do. You don't have to work out the plan. And I will bless you for doing it. are you to get a deal like that. God wants to take your life and to use it for His glory. He wants to bless it. And you and I have got to say, okay, Lord, that's me. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to go my own way. I'm not going to do my own thing. I'm going to trust you. And God will take and God will bless your life. So isn't that what you want? So here's where we are. Everything is changing. And it will continue to change. If you live to be 100 years old, I'm telling you, the world's going to be a different place than it is today. It's going to be a completely different place than it is today. And you're going to have to deal with the changes between this and then. People are going to come into your life, and people are going to go out of your life. Changes of all kinds are going to happen. But there's one thing that will never change. God and His Word. And when you trust God and His Word and do it His way, you can be absolutely certain it's going to work out well. Because he's in charge. That's time for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word to us. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to stand in your presence today. Now, Lord, we are a feeble, frail, weak people. And, Lord, we need you. Lord, you strengthened Joshua uh, to obey you. Would you do the same for us, Lord? Would you speak to each heart here today? Would you encourage each one here today that they might trust you, that they might obey you, that they might live your way. And Lord, would you let us see the blessing? Because Lord, we're, we're very short-sighted. Let us see the blessing. Let us see your hand upon us. Let us know your presence and your power in our lives. And Lord, may we rejoice in you and in what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.